0: So it's, it's welcome to the Voice of 5G, take 17.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we're not that kind of people, are we, Paul?
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. We're, we're not happy unless it gets to at least take 25.
1: <laughs> yeah, because we are perfectionists. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes.
0: Oh, yes. It, 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 you can tell, can't you?
1: Yeah. <clears throat> yes. I think we're, we're doing this uh, because it's fun. And fun is not having uh, doing 25 times with the rehearsals and the, and the writing scripts. That's not fun time for me. <laughs> I don't
0: know what is for you.
1: <laughs> is it for anyone? I guess for some people.
0: right? Well, well I guess script writers like writing scripts.
1: I guess so. Perhaps they, they feel like they're in control then.
0: Yeah. But but just think, Janina, we're we're doing people out of work by not writing. (laughs)
1: Darn it, I knew it was something.
0: Hello, Janina.
1: Yeah, shall we start? (laughs) Should we start recording?
0: Yeah, let's uh, start. We do our work. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were recording already.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But should we start the recording? I mean. The recording. The recording.
0: Yeah. Hello
1: Janina. Hi Paul. It's
0: 2021. It's 22. Oh, it is. Mm -hmm. Well, actually it's still, it's, it's 10.33, but. uh,
1: (laughs) Uh, Actually today it's 21.01.21. That's a nice number,
0: isn't it? Nice, even uh, it has a kind of ring to it.
1: Yeah, and uh, there was an uh, an inauguration yesterday. Did you celebrate?
0: Uh, uh, no, I didn't celebrate, but uh, really? but certainly um, I'm pretty sure a lot of people did celebrate. Um, America under new management. Be interesting to see uh, how if that makes any difference to so our world of five G.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, will it have an impact on on networks or or five G the five G rollout or uh, yeah, who knows? Uh, who knows? Probably probably some business ana- analysis out there, right? That's not us. That's not us. If you are looking for a business analysis or an analyst, don't listen to us. We are here to talk five G, <laughs> Paul. We're we are here to talk five G. Yes.
0: But- this but, is our but, favorite topic. Uh, it is. So <laughs> we maybe, talking, so maybe right? we should start with our favorite topic and actually talk about something that is going to affect 5G in the US, yes. uh, and that's 5G spectrum auction. Coming up. Uh, I think it finished last week, Ooh. Uh, at, at least uh, for this particular auction. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of spectrum around, so maybe they're going to auction some more spectrum. Um, the U.S. spectrum auction raised an incredible $80 billion.
1: Those are some, uh, yeah, fantastical figures. But that's not the important thing, Paul, what they paid well, for. That. What well did it, they it, get? It,
0: it's, it's not, but uh, but I mean, we're talking about uh, 280 megahertz of spectrum. So that's in the mid-band, C-band, 3.7 to, to 4 gigahertz uh, up, up there. And of course, uh, they're, they're auctioning off blocks in across uh, across different parts of the country as well, so you're not paying like a block price necessarily for the whole for the whole country. But, but yeah, lots of spectrum there, and uh, it's going to make a big difference in the US. And up to now, I think only T-Mobile has had like mid-band spectrum, and a mid-band is quite important for being able to provide a good capacity and good coverage. It's a very good uh, kind of compromise band, you could say. Uh, so we'll actually see... Average speeds in the U.S. networks increase significantly. I think uh, when they start rolling out, out on a wide on a wide area basis, so that's really cool. Um, I think one of the things that we we may be later in the podcast is is uh, the thing with the thing with releasing spectrum or auctioning spectrum is that most spectrum is uh, is already being used by somebody. So if you want to use it for something else, in this case mobile. Then uh, you uh, you need to uh, free up the spectrum to be able to use it for different uses. So they're actually, as I understand it, in this uh, spectrum auction, I think uh, uh, of that 80 billion, I think something like 10 billion, or just under, will actually be used for incentive payments for the people that are currently using the spectrum to to move to use something else. So, uh, uh-huh. and uh, I think it's actually spe- uh, satellite companies that. Uh, Currently using their spectrum bands. Mm-hmm. So satellite so companies. You
1: mean the t- uh like TV transmission companies, or do you mean also other? Well,
0: not, well I don't. No, but uh, it's communication bands for use used for satellites. I think. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, so that's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sweden. On yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, Let's talk Sweden's spectrum. They've actually been auctioning similar spectrum. You could say uh, some spectrum down in the two two point three uh, gigahertz. Um, so that's more like the, the spectrum around that you might use with uh, 4G, uh, and then uh, between 3.4 and uh, 3.7 gigahertz. And uh, they've got about 400 megahertz of spectrum that they're, which they're auctioning, uh, auctioning. Um, and uh, so actually quite a bit, bit more than they're releasing in the US. So that's good for Sweden.
1: Yeah, a we'll lot. Does this mean that we that we will see a, a five-year rollout out in Sweden now? Upcoming weeks. Do I don't
0: you know think? how long it's going to. Ta- I don't know how long it's going to take. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be quite quick. We know when when Swisscom went live. Um, you know they'd already done the work to to equip their network or at least parts of their network, so their five G service, you know, came out almost the same day that they got the spectrum. Um, so we'll kind of watch for that. And and in Sweden, of course, there is limited five G service in some areas, uh, using uh, which is utilizing existing four G spectrum. Um, but I think I think all of the main operator players in in uh, Sweden got something. Uh, so that's Telia, uh, Telinor, uh, uh, and Tele2, who are kind of in um, uh, have a, a, a joint operating company that's bidding. Um, High three G, which is the the three network, and also TerraCom, who um like um, it's a kind of a government operator that provides uh, blue light service or public safety and uh, utilities using. So, something for everyone, Uh, not least us.
1: Yes. (laughs) I thought you didn't want to go into that, Paul.
0: You'll uh, you'll you'll have to uh, you'll you'll have to put together a, a kind of a um, a buyer's guide for our colleagues on uh, which are the best five G phones to, to use now that five uh, G is coming.
1: Oh, I need to try them all now. No,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wish, I wish. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so so if anyone's listening, Janine is open to offers to to five G cat phones for test. <clears throat>
1: Please just send them my way. Haha. Ha. Uh, okay, but then we also had some uh, cool news about uh, speed,
0: Paul. Speed. Yeah, we, hmm. we we often talk about speed, or we routinely talk about speed. Um, yeah. Uh, just this week, um, then uh, Telstra, together with Ericsson and Qualcomm, uh, set a new record of five gigabits per second to a single device. Um, using 850 megahertz of spectrum. But that is a good, lot. That's a lot, um, but that's obviously. Um, high band uh, spectrum, so that's uh, like up in the gigahertz um, multi gig tens of gigahertz, uh, tens of gigahertz range, but actually using their using their production network for, for that together with a, a, a device uh, as a kind of handset format test device. Um it will be a while I guess before we see that in. Uh, in consumer devices but the fact that it's is happening there together with the chip manufacturer says that that's something that's going to be on the way um, so that's uh, uh, you know interesting to see that progression uh, and look forward to that in uh, in real networks.
1: Yeah so 5G goes 5 gigabits per second that should be easy to To remember, (laughs) it should be it should be very
0: easy to remember. But but it does highlight that uh, that you know that we often see the confusion in when we talk about 5G um, uh, between the the fifth generation and five gigahertz uh, uh, spectrum bandwidth, uh, which is uh, which is normally actually used by Wi-Fi. So sometimes people see 5G, they know their Wi-Fi is 5G, 5G Um, Wi-Fi, and it's not actually 5G. In that instance, it's using five gigahertz.
1: Yeah, um, it's a lot of uh, lots of uh, abbreviations here to keep uh, track of. It's five G that's five genera- fifth generation, and then it's uh, five gigahertz. We talk a lot about gigahertz here and the spectrum bands, and then it's a uh, five gigabit per second <laughs> speeds. Yeah, but it's all five. So five,
0: <laughs> five cubed.
1: Five cube. Uh, So, uh, some uh, background information about Australia, uh, by the way. Uh, They will auction um, the regulator there, Australian Communications and Media Authority, uh, will auction 2.4 gigahertz of spectrum in the 26 gigahertz band in uh, April, I think, uh, in their Ah. uh, 5G spectrum auctions. Uh, so that's a chunk, 2.4 yeah, so, gigahertz.
0: But well, that's that's really interesting because because 2 2.4 gigahertz, you could have three operators each with 800 megahertz each. Mm. Um, so uh, you know when we talk about using 800 megahertz of spectrum for five gigabits of throughput, uh, that's completely doable if you've got that much spectrum to play with. Wow. Um, so uh, look at Australia. Here comes high-speed five G.
1: Wow! Yeah. Um,
0: but then, of course, just to highlight, of course, the, the, those spectrum bands will probably be primarily deployed in in dense urban areas where you've got lots of people needing that throughput.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, nobody, <laughs> uh, nobody I know is able to read uh, read text that comes through at five gigabits per second. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, Actually, I see here that the uh, Telstra aims to cover 75% of the country's population with 5G service by June this year. So that uh, seems pretty neat as well.
0: Uh, It is, but I suspect if you look at Australia, geographical coverage, that it'll actually be quite small. Yeah uh there, there won't be many kangaroos in the outback outback <laughs> using uh, using 5g yeah um
1: but there i think we also had a actually a news with uh, nbn should we have a quick look at that uh oh, i think tell me about uh, that one
0: i've not seen that one what, what, what have nbn been up to and mm. nbn um for the people that don't know nbn is a provider in australia uh which are providing the Um, the broadband network uh, uh, as a wholesale service which is then retailed to consumers by the the different uh, service providers. Um, But uh, they have a very interesting strategy. They use use a lot of fibre in their network, uh, but as the network thins out, as as houses get further apart, uh, they move over to using mobile. Uh, network as a fixed wireless access uh, provider, Mm. Uh, and in the really, really sparse parts of of Australia, in the sparse parts of Australia, they're actually using satellite for providing uh, uh, broadband connectivity. Yeah, Um, so I, uh, what have, what have the NBN been up to?
1: Yeah, they say uh, that they have set a new world record for long range millimeter wave 5G transmission. Ah, ah what, They teamed up cool. with Ericsson, Qualcomm, and Casa Systems. Mm. Mm. So
0: that's um, that, that's one of the things that we were doing also during the latter part of last year, is extending the range that you can reach fixed wireless access terminals with uh, using millimeter waves. So this is this uh, high frequency bands we were just talking about. The further you can take that signal. Um, the more homes you can you can serve from a single uh, single location, the quicker and faster it is to, to roll out fixed wireless access 5G services. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a, a really good in terms of uh, again, reaching people in, in rural deployments. Um, does it say what distance it was? 7.3 kilometers. Oh, well, that's good.
1: Yeah, uh, and they reached they delivered a steady speed of uh, almost one gigabit per second over that distance so oh, that's, 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 really good. that's really good and it says here also that the the typical base station um, is normally covering about a, a one a kilometer of millimeter wave or providing one kilometer of millimeter wave coverage so it's a big it's a big difference yeah i think this um, is all, this is only done with the <coughs> uh, with the software upgrades and stuff so it's pretty pretty damn cool
0: mm-hmm. Uh, there is there is one significant advantage when you're, you're talking about fixed wireless access, and that's the fact that the terminal doesn't move. Yes. When, yeah. When you're talking to a mobile phone, a mobile phone's are moving around all the time. So so that uh, you, the, the system actually needs to kind of track the mobile as it moves to be able to optimize the signal. But obviously, once you've got a fixed wireless access receiver, it's in a fixed place, so you know exactly what you need to do to optimize to 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 make. To get that reception, um, so it's a slightly easier problem, but uh, that's really good, uh, really good performance. Yeah. And uh, I, I know if you take seven kilometres as a as a, you know, as a linear distance and turn that into an area, that's that's quite a lot of square square kilometres we're talking about.
1: Yeah. Some good uh, news then for for all the users out there, both fixed wireless access uh, and phones now. Uh, So, uh, Paul, shall we go into the next part of our uh, podcast now? We will talk, now we've talked about Australia here and we've talked about the US. Now we will go into Europe and Latin America. Uh, We have Christian Leon uh, with us uh, shortly. And he is uh, the head of uh, networks for uh, Ericsson uh,
0: for Europe and
1: Latin America. And he will bring us up to speed with the latest uh, things exciting. You will indeed, yeah.
0: Uh, and uh, Europe and Latin America. It's it's actually bigger than that because the, this is our our market area. This is us, the the area how we organise uh, sales organisation. Uh, that organisation includes Russia, so it actually goes all the way from the uh, Pacific coast, all the way across across Russia through Europe uh, and all the way into Latin America to the Pacific coast on the on in Latin America. So a kind of a, a full swathe across the globe, we're going to hear about right now.
1: Yeah, let's go over to the interview. So in today's podcast, we have Christian Leon. Hi, Christian.
2: Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello.
1: You are uh, Ericsson's uh, Head of
2: Networks
1: in uh, Europe and Latin America. Welcome to the podcast, Christian.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: (laughs) Yes, thank you. Thank you. And we wanted to learn more uh, about what has happened in uh, uh, 2020 um, in in our own area. Paul is uh, British, Swedish, uh, I'm Swedish and you are French. So uh, can you recap a little bit? Uh, what's happened uh, in uh, France lately?
2: So uh, yeah, I'm French and American indeed. Uh, ah,
0: that's
2: you. I, I, relocated, French- uh, I relocated a year ago, so I was uh, based in the US for, for, for many, many years. Uh, and I moved essentially exactly a year ago uh, back in uh, back in France. Uh, I think the the way in general we started 2020 and our expectation on 2020 and how we concluded the year were, were quite different. Many events happened along the way, not just in the telecom industry, obviously. I mean, uh, 2020 was uh, a very rich year, I would I would say. There is one event that stands out for me is um, a person called Adam Gordon. It's a, it's an Ericsson employee. He's, he's head of field uh, maintenance in the in the UK. And then uh, last year, Adam received uh, from the Queen, during the the birthday's Queen, the order of the British Empire. So what it means Mm. is that all the work that uh, Adam and his team did um, during the pandemic and that they continue to do every day in keeping this network alive and these critical lines of communication alive, um, that is for me is a highlight what, what the team has done all through 2020 and obviously it's continued to do in 2021.
1: yeah the, the pandemic has had a an, an impact on the 5g rollout uh,
2: that's for sure it, 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 it did but it, if there is one i would say positive out of uh, i would say something that is that is that is tough and challenging is the, the, it highlighted the criticality of, uh, of, of what we do. And that at the end of the day the the telecom is is kind of the backbone of communication with the wireless uh, and all wiring uh but then in France uh i think we ended up uh when i take it back on on the topic of 5g we we ended up on a on a very high note the the 5g spectrum uh was finally auctioned in uh, in late q3 and uh, made available wow. to the to the operators and uh and 5G was launched uh, in uh, in December last year. So now we have the privilege to use 5G in France. We can go and buy a subscription as uh, a as end user. So that's, uh, we're ending up uh, 2020 on a very high note. Um,
1: in France, is it like uh, a yeah. nationwide uh, rollout or is it, uh, is it using uh, all sorts of spectrum or do you have any details?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So the the spectrum that was made available is the is the mid band, uh, 3.5 gigahertz spectrum, and so the the coverage and the rollouts are ongoing. So you have now like major cities with uh, with 5G coverage. There are some cities where there are still uh, ongoing discussion with the municipalities to get agreement to lo- to launch 5G. But in general, it's very much based on the the new mid band spectrum. And then there is also um, dynamic spectrum sharing, uh, so essentially reusing the existing 4G band, uh, sharing these bands, uh, the FDD bands between 4G and 5G. That's a technology you've seen uh, in other places of, of Europe and, and globally, but that's also part of the of the rollout and the, and, the, and I would say the, the launch in the, in the, in France.
1: Yeah, that uh, that uh, technology seems to be very. Very uh, popular out there, reusing the 4G spectrum bands for 5G. Uh, so, so that is happening in France. Uh,
0: and, and, and just to say, we have talked about that. On the, we have on the several times, before, and we've so had Sibel. So, if you're interested in that, you can go back and look at the earlier episodes.
1: Yeah, we've had the Sibel, who's the, the who was the one of the first drivers towards uh, uh, making this uh, a great. Uh, Solution for Ericsson, the Ericsson spectrum sharing Uh, we've had her on the podcast several times talking about different topics, uh, Paul, so go back, look at the spectrum episodes with Sibel. But so uh, spectrum is a little bit of a difficult point for Europe, right, Christian?
2: It, It is, so... There are still key countries uh, in Europe where the spectrum is the the new 5G spectrum, especially for midband, is is not yet available. Uh, obviously, thinking about Sweden, Poland, and and and, and other places in um, in Europe, and this is really, uh, in, in if you kind of step out and look at it globally, that is uh, that is like I would say Europe from that standpoint is is lagging behind, and that's that's critical now in uh, 2021 to. To include uh, the 5G auction, make the spectrum available, essentially uh, help the 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 CSPCD operator to to start rolling out 5G and launch 5G.
1: Yeah, you you mentioned just when we were talking before that, um, like it, when you see a map of the 5G networks all over the world, there is like a big spike in the in China and the. Uh, And, uh, of course, uh, South Korea that's been launched uh, very, very far away. Or I would say perhaps the Oceania, well, uh, we would say Far East Asia, right? And then it's a big spike in in, uh, US. But then in between, it's sort of like a little bit uh, less of uh, 5G coverage. (laughs) And Europe then being not so much uh, has happened last year uh, there, Uh, right?
2: Yeah, that's uh, exactly. I think the, there, it's it's obviously. I mean, it, Europe is uh, is always more nuanced. It's it's many countries, many different. Uh, yeah. It's pretty wide geography as a whole. I think uh, in, in Europe, we have yet to, uh, I would say, roll out five G to the level that we that we have seen in South Korea, in China, in Australia, or in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are countries. There are. I would say pretty advanced in terms of 5G rollout. I will pick up, for instance, uh, Switzerland, where quite a bit of 5G is is, is out there in a very good way. Uh, yeah. The UK also was very early uh, with uh, with 5G, with the, all the spectrum, uh, the first part of the the midband spectrum made available back in 2019. Um, not where, I would in terms of coverage, and uh, I would say ubiquitous 5G experience, if I, may, if I may use that term, it's not there yet, but still some progress. Germany also some uh, some good progress, especially using the, the DSS uh, technology or the Ericsson Spectrum sharing. But then, uh, yeah, uh, if I take France, Italy, Spain, or like Sweden, we mentioned, I don't think we're there yet. So a lot more needs to be done.
1: Yeah, but that uh, also means that we have a lot to look forward to, right, Christian? <laughs>
2: Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. 2021 is high expectation in a good way. Huh? Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. It, would be
0: a bit su- it would be a bit sad if we'd run out of work already.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I guess we have a lot to talk about in this podcast as well, Paul, uh, as uh, uh, more yeah, countries uh, yeah, get uh, get into the 5G uh, role of things. We hope Sweden will, uh, will join that this year at least. So, uh, when it comes to the 5G usage in Europe, you, you mentioned some countries that have actually uh, started uh, rolling out uh, more, uh, more uh, well, countrywide. Uh, do you see any special uses that you see that the um, 5G is, uh, is specifically interesting for service providers there? there, there any...
2: No, yeah. I think it's... Um, um first i think there is and there are a lot of use cases uh, on the on the global uh, map coming from south korea from the us from china from australia so it's it's obviously there i would say there are pools of competence and specific ecosystem if i now reflect on on europe if i start with more like um, the aspect of consumer um there is a, the case of fixed wireless access so fixed wireless access 5g Um, Yes, especially reflecting on on what happened over like since the the pandemic started and the fact that uh, a lot of the traffic um, shifted from public places or kind of big venues into more residential areas. And a lot of these places um, don't have yet uh, mobile, like not mobile broadband, I would say broadband coverage. And Mm. so there is is a big push now um, as part of the. Economic recovery fund, like for instance in the UK, to to bring broadband uh, access uh, to rural areas or I would say residential residential areas, and I think 5G uh, fixed wireless access is a fantastic way to, uh, in terms of time to market, in terms of cost of deployment, uh, to bring that uh, that bridge that digital divide if you want. And so it's a lot of uh, if I pick the UK, a lot of the focus of uh, of 5G. Uh, is around fixed wireless access. You go look at uh, what, for instance, uh, Hutch or Three UK has. Uh, you can get access to 5G fixed wireless access. So that for me is, um, is specific to I would say needs that kind of uh, were highlighted through the, the pandemic. that are still absolutely needed, uh, and that's a, I think it's a very relevant use case for consumers. And then I think we can then expand, and a lot of the promise of, uh, of the the value of 5G is is beyond consumer. It's also in the in the enterprise and in the industry world. And so here, it's more about I would say uh, pools of expertise or ecosystems. So a lot of uh, if I take on Germany, a lot of the expertise is in the car manufacturers or some I would say. Great 5G use case uh, that we've done with Telefonica and Mercedes in the in the in the in the factory in the, in Germany, or in the UK. I kind of like this use case. It's uh, it's uh, a work we've done with O2 in the UK. Again, it's in the enterprise space. Is with uh, Northumbrian Water, uh, and this one is is rather ubiquitous. That's why I like the case. Is mm-hmm. if you're, you're if you're a technician with uh, with the water company and you're trying to understand where are the where are where are the water pipes. And so now you have uh, with a 5G connection uh, and you use a device, um, let's say a screen, with a superimposed, I like, call that augmented reality. And so you look, you're walking in the street and then you have superimposed information on where are the water pipes under, essentially under the surface. All of this is, it can only be enabled with 5G because the amount of, uh, of traffic the latency needed, the localization of where your device is 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 really kind of a, a 5G use case, and it's really about a mobile 5 g use case. so that's why I kind of like this uh, this um this this work we've done with O2 and of umbrian water in the in the UK. yeah
1: and it's it sounds so futuristic and still it's like it's actually Concrete. real yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it,
0: it's like it's like the x-ray vision that uh, that they used to talk about in uh, you know science fiction in the fifties can... yeah. See see through things and see the pipes on the other side.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a bit uh, Star Trek-y. <laughs> cool. Uh, well, we hope to learn a little bit more about that in the future uh, as well. These uh, use cases. Just a, a note there. Is there a reason why car manufacturers seem to be um, seeing the need for five G in particular? We've seen a lot of car fa- car manufacturers being in uh, on uh, like doing trials. Uh, in in Europe, uh, perhaps specifically, or is it just that they, they are German and they are used to using technology, or What, what is there a speci- specific reason?
2: Well, I, I'm I'm not an expert in the in the <laughs> automotive industry. All I can highlight is that there is a, in any of these industries, there's a there's a, a constant race towards productivity. So, how do you create a next generation factory that brings, I would say, the next level of productivity? Um, to to cater for and in, the trend is to have more and more customized like you know like almost an infinite amount of type of options you want to have versus standardized in, into your specific cars uh, and kind of automatize all these factories so then if you say okay well, what does that mean what is 5g bringing into this well the low latency the high throughput uh, the i would say the ubiquitous coverage that you bring with 5g then you can start thinking about asset tracking in the in the factory. Uh, I would say managing all the telemetries, uh, all this data coming from all the robots, uh, or mm. managing how do you call that AGVs, these um, um, automated uh, uh, guided vehicles. All of this is it's all about wireless connectivity. It's all about managing these assets in a in a very reliable and secured way, and that's what 5G is bringing.
1: Yeah. Nice. So if we move um, then perhaps a bit into the future and uh, look at uh, what's going to happen in Europe in 2021, do you have any forecasts or any visions that you see?
2: Yeah, the, the crystal ball. So, like, so yes. it's time for the, the exactly. The, <laughs> I, I guess the way I would like to describe uh, 2021 is... Um, it's a little bit of a recipe, and uh, they, and and I think we have all the ingredients to make a, a, a fantastic 5G cake uh, at the end of this year. Mm. So if I if I just think about the ingredients, what do you need to make 5G successful? First, you need a technology that is mature and that it work and that is working. Uh, and I think we have this. I think the if I reflect on what Ericsson technology is about and the 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 maturity of what we've rolled out in Europe, but also in the in the US, in China in uh, in korea it's there it's mature uh, it's also at scale because uh, we've been shipping um, millions of radio that are 5g uh, so that means it's also cost competitive so that's kind of your two first ingredients the device ecosystem is there there is an iphone now that that that, that is supporting uh, that is supporting 5g and bringing new oh, use yeah. cases so that's kind of like the i would say the basics there is a big appetite in the industry and in the, I would say, the the, and the consumer uh, towards 5G. So that's kind of uh, the, the basics. And then a lot of the spectrum, and it's not there yet on every single country, but a lot of the spectrum is now made available. Uh, and then from an Ericsson standpoint, we have all the, the deployment capabilities. That's kind of the final part of the recipes. Can we roll this out? The answer is yes. So if you look at this I'm counting, I think like six ingredients, it's there. So if we if we get onto it, I think we can have a, a beautiful five G cake at the end of this year.
1: <laughs> that sounds wonderful. Uh, moving outside of Europe uh, or well close by, um, part of uh, uh, your responsibilities are also covering uh, Russia. That's a huge country. How do you see five G development
2: there? So in Russia, the um, the spectrum so the the spectrum that will be made available for five G and um, and the timing for this is still open. So that is still mm. being defined uh, in Russia. Uh, once this comes and that's uh, that uncertainty is lifted, then uh, you're right. The, the geography is is huge. Uh, then there are also very specific industries in uh, in Russia that are. That will benefit from 5G. Um, we've done some trials on 4G, but also on 5. Not trials, sorry. We deployed 4G, and we are doing some 5G trials. I'm thinking about uh, a gold mine, for instance. With um, I think it's uh, with MTS as an operator, and the gold mine was with polymetal uh, It was uh, mm-hmm. a pretty remote area of uh, of uh, of uh, Russia. Um, so the the I would say there are also uh, specific ecosystem. And needs that are out there in in Russia that we can uh, where where five G will will will
0: be very beneficial. Yeah, M- yep. mining is one of those five G cases we've seen in in other places as well, like in, in Sweden and Australia yep. and and I think probably even in in uh, in Canada, is that correct?
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's a it's a specific uh, use case they need a lot of uh, of of uh, uh, data traffic uh, but in a very specific place mm. in the mine. <laughs> yeah. Uh so that's a really good uh, use case for for 5 g 2 that we've now mentioned. Uh when you, when we then go over to another part of your responsibilities Christian uh, Latin America. Haven't seen that much from there so far.
2: So, um, 5G was actually launched in Latin America. For the the first country was Brazil, and it was with Claro Brazil actually on the Ericsson technology. That was uh, late last year. Um, it was actually based on uh, um, on spectrum sharing. So we're not there yet in terms of the the full uh, 5G rollout, especially when it comes to mid band rollout. But 5G is live um, in uh, Claro Brazil, and I think uh, the other operators since then follow suit. So it's it's starting. Uh, the spectrum is is uh, is starting to be made available. The auction for five G are ongoing now in in Chile and soon will be released. Uh, hopefully uh, within Q one. Uh, mm. Same thing that the spectrum is is uh, will be uh, released through auction, uh, likely in the first half of this year in Brazil, and then we also expect uh, I would say five uh, G rollout in uh, in Mexico in the second half of this year. So. I think the the 2021 will also be the year of uh, of early 5G rollout in the, um, in Latin America. And here it's the you, you've heard me talking about the, I would say use cases. There are kind of unique um, center of, of expertise. And we talk about cars. We talk about uh, uh, gold mines in, in Russia. I think it's uh, there are specific center of expertise also in Latin America. I'm thinking of uh, we did a trial. With uh, with Vivo in Brazil, with um, with um, a company called São Martinho, it's the it's the largest uh, sugar cane um, companies. So it's it's essentially a, an agro business,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and it's mm-hmm. it's in terms of uh, connectivity coverage in a rural place uh, for the fields, but also uh, there is a lot of processing uh, of uh, in the in the agro business. So mm-hmm. large uh, plants where where you can uh where these plants could benefit and and increase productivity uh through through connectivity wireless connectivity 4g and then 5g Mm
0: -hmm. yeah Uh, when we when i think about latin america i would i would think that something like fixed wireless access is also good potential in over there that
2: that is a very fair point i think the exact the i would say the the penetration of uh of fiber uh, it depends of which country but in average it's it's not uh, comparable to other other geographies and so fixed wireless access you're you're correct and 5g fixed wireless access is also as high potential in the, in latin america
1: yeah i think that uh, that concludes our section on the development of 5g in europe and latin america thanks so much uh, christian it was great having you on the podcast
2: it's great pleasure to be there yeah Yeah. looking forward to my cake at the end of this year yeah we'll invite
0: you back for some 5g cake (laughs) exactly
1: for some 5g 5g cake and and updates uh great okay thanks everyone for listening and bye. bye